This is CJ Kinney for Esoterica, a short feature which delves into the realms of the extraordinary. Did I ever tell you about the house in which I grew up? It was haunted. When going up the stairs, I had to run. It often felt like something was chasing right behind me. I could feel it like ethereal jelly splashed slowly up my spine. Needless to say, I didn't like to stay there alone. And then there was the summer when, as teenagers, my older brother Matt and I stayed in the house while my parents were away. And many a spooky thing did occur. One time, the old AM-FM stereo turned on by itself, and as I approached to turn it off, the tuning dials started to spin by themselves, audibly zooming through radio stations at an eerily nauseating pace. I yelled for it to stop, and it did. Just like that. Another time, my brother and I were coming home from something, and when we opened the door, loud noises could be heard. We thought we were being robbed and argued in whispers about who should go in first to check it out. As most slasher films have a scene where the teenagers stupidly explore the scary place and are sooner or later killed, we probably should have left and called the police. But we didn't, and I shamed my brother into going first into the house. And what we found was astounding. The house was completely empty, but we heard the noises, and when we cautiously entered the living room, the silence was literally deafening. All four of the formal, floor-to-ceiling drapes were neatly folded accordion-style just below each one of the windows. These were those heavy, complicated drapes produced and hung by professionals. Taking them down was not an easy task, and anyway, breaking into someone's house to take them down and crazily fold them precisely in the floor is kind of ridiculous. But so are ghosts doing the exact same thing, and yet... That seemed like the likeliest explanation, especially given that my friend Alicia and I witnessed objects flying off a bench by themselves with a force strong enough to propel the objects across the hall to crash into the opposite wall. My brother had his hat knocked off his head by an unseen force while descending the stairs, though he now denies the possibility of supernatural involvement, and I was so spooked that summer that once I ran across the house at night from my room to his and jumped into his spare twin bed. I remember he said something like, You're not sleeping here, get out. And I said something like, Make me. That's how scared I was. At the end of the summer, my parents came home, and I hesitatingly told my mom about some of the high strangeness that had gone on in her absence. Without missing a beat, she continued to stir the pot she had on the stove, and without even looking up, she said, almost casually, Oh, that's Mr. Westcott. Mr. Westcott was the guy who had built our house. He was dead. Or was he? My mother said she had experienced his presence many times, including once when, at the kitchen table, she said it sounded like someone had a broomstick, and they were knocking repeatedly upon the cellar ceiling right below her chair. Many years later, after my daughter Sydney was born, I was sitting upstairs with her snuggled in my lap, and she extended her hand out to some unseen something. Staring intently at the something I didn't see, she moved her little hand this way and that, as if playing with something. It was at that moment I decided to encourage Mr. Westcott to move on. After everyone went to bed, I sat downstairs in the room in which the old AM-FM stereo still sat and told Mr. Westcott to go to the light. Round about the next night, we were eating dinner when I left the table to get something from the cabinet.
I was then shocked when my closing of the cabinet door revealed for a split second the full form of dead Mr. Westcott not inches from my nose. He'd apparently been standing right behind the cabinet door, and I gasped, wide-eyed at the apparition which then disappeared right before my eyes. And I never saw, felt, or heard from him again. I think he'd come that final night to say goodbye with one last semi-good-natured scare, perhaps having decided to stay with the light, a choice I think we'll all prefer rather than spend our afterlife haunting the living. Or will we? This is C.J. Kinney for Esoterica. Thanks for listening. <laughs>